You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how's it going? Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Ben Karen. Great to be back on Spice Radio. Yeah, it is so nice to have you back. And Charlie, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit distracted with like World Cup as well. I know you're not too much of a sports person, but you know the games at this point are getting I, so I think good. as we get closer, <laughs> now we're in the quarterfinals, I'll be watching. You'll be watching closely too. All right, Charlie. So, of course, one of the biggest stories here in BC is Premier David Eby. He has selected his cabinet. And it's honestly quite an amazing one when we talk about you know diversity, representation. We have a number of women in this cabinet so what do you make of the choices he made here well i think the one thing right off the top uh this is a a cabinet to try to win the election and 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 part of that is the geographical choices that he, he made and where people um which which constituencies are representing but at the same time it did represent generational change and there's much more diversity and, and I think uh, the South Asian community was a, was a big winner in a lot of ways in that I remember uh, back in 2017, I felt that the, the South Asian community played a big role in John Horgan becoming elected, and uh, they had some representation. They had three uh, cabinet ministers. By 2020, there were only two because Ginny Sims had been dropped, and this time were up to five and and really covering the breadth of the community and the different perspectives in that you know the attorney general nikki sharma um who i think is a extremely capable politician and will be excellent in in the legislature um so she's the attorney general and she's canadian born from hindu family uh grew up in in the elk valley in bc so she's got some experience of what it's like to live outside of the lower mainland and then you get rachna singh as education and child care here's someone who came to canada as an adult from punjab um her dad's kind of a leading intellectual and a, a publisher of a literary magazine so she comes from that background worked in the in the labor movement um and then, and then you've got uh, Jagrut Brar, for instance, the Minister of State for Trade. And one of the things, and he's much more moderate um, within the NDP caucus. And uh, one of the things that impressed me about Jagrut was hearing the story about how his family shielded Muslims during partition, um, which I think speaks in his character when he was uh, he was the one who took the anti-poverty challenge, went into the downtown east side and lived for a long time, like a month on on welfare rates. Um, and, and then Ravi Kalan, who's, you know, Canadian-born, grew up in Victoria, has, uh, you know, the Olympic experience, and he's a ho- housing, but also the government house leader. And, and that's an important position because he's going to basically be captain of the ship when you're dealing uh, with, with the legislature and legislation um, it's not quite as crucial right now with a large majority, but if, if it was a smaller um, majority, that, that position is, is vitally important. And so, and then Harry Baines is back, you know, the steady Harry Baines is the <laughs> labor minister, um, and and that provides some continuity, and, and I think he's done some things that have been very popular, overseeing the rise of the minimum wage is, is one example. So... Uh, and, and and even when you 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 
deeper into the parliamentary secretaries. Um, and that's often, you know, the pathway to cabinet. Uh, you've got Harwinder Sandhu as parliamentary secretary for senior services, long-term care, and she's a nurse from the BC interior. Amon Singh, parliamentary secretary for environment, and he was kind of the giant killer when he defeated uh, Jazz Johal in, in Richmond, East Queensboro. So, so I think um, in that regard, the Indian community did very well. On the other hand, um, I was surprised that Mabel Elmore was not put into cabinet. She's been in the legislature since 2009, the first person of Philippine ancestry elected. Um, she's the parliamentary secretary for anti-racism initiatives, so she takes over the work that Rachna Singh was doing. And I think Burnaby kind of didn't do as well, and even Vancouver in the, in the representation in cabinet. And part of the reason, I think, is David Eby probably thinks those seats are relatively safe. So you had Ann Kang, who was advanced education, is now municipal affairs minister, and that's not a, a really high-profile position. Um, you've got Raj Shohan as the speaker, but that's not a position where he's going to be influencing legislation from Burnaby. And, and then in Vancouver, uh, some of the old standbys are back, you know, like Adrian Dix's health and George Heyman as environment and climate change strategy. But, but the LGBT community is represented by Mabel Elmore and uh, Spencer Chandra Herbert, both in Vancouver and not in, in the cabinet. And, you know, Charlie, I'm hearing a lot of political scientists say that potentially we could see an election next year in B.C., although we're not due till 2024. Do you think it's going to happen? Well, I think right now David Eby has to show that he's doing things and getting some things done. And I think he'd probably like to see inflation come down before going to the polls. I think, I think when you're in inflation above 6 or 7%, uh, that's risky because Kevin Falcon can can keep talking about cost of living, and it's not necessarily something David Eby has any control over, but it's a bit of a you know an anchor around his neck as the premier in terms of people's perceptions. Um, the next thing, though, is it it will be poll driven. Like John Horgan went to the polls in 2020, even though they had fixed election date legislation. And he managed to get, uh, you know, the, the lieutenant governor to interpret that it was okay for him to call an election, that he had this authority, so that precedent has been set. So there's nothing stopping David Eby from, from doing that. But I also think he'll be looking at the polls, and um, but definitely this, um, this is, is an election cabinet that he's selected just in terms of even having people in cabinet rookies from the Fraser Valley being given significant posts um, ahead of people like Spencer Chandler Herbert or Mabel Elmore who'd, who'd been in, in the legislature for more than a decade. So, yeah. and, and I think Bowen Ma's elevation to cabinet too is a sign that they want to hold that seat in North Vancouver. Lonsdale, which is, um, Traditionally gone liberal, but Owen Ma's held it um, now for since 2017, and I don't think that Eby wants to lose that seat. 
That's right. There's a lot to look out for here. So let's see. Anything can happen. Now, Charlie, another story that's been really big, a lot of people have been talking about here, but it seems we did get a report that six children in BC have died from flu-related illness. Uh, We don't have too many details as to, you know, what exactly they were. Was it just flu? Was there more to it? I think there's an investigation going on as we speak. And we've been hearing, we've been speaking to teachers and people in the education system, and there have been a lot of concerns of, you know, what the steps should be to protect children. Dr. Bonnie Henry, she spoke earlier this week, was kind of pushing vaccines only, but there are a lot of people who want to see masks in there as well. I mean, what do you make of the situation that we're seeing here in uh, British Columbia? Well, I think we've got a provincial health officer who's made it clear that she does not like mask mandates, and um, I don't think she's going to introduce one. Uh, I think Health Minister Adrian Dix and Dr. Henry could be much more forceful on the value of masks. Uh, They haven't been, like they say, well, it's recommended, and they just kind of say it as a kind of a pro forma statement. We don't see any advertisements or any serious public education about the, the potential benefits of masks, even though we went two years, you know, where there was a lot of mask wearing, and we didn't have much flu transmission in British Columbia. Uh, I'm not a scientist, so I can't say definitively one way or the other, but uh, that um, evidence uh, suggests that there might be value in masks. I think there's certainly value in masking when it comes to COVID transmission. And um, so so I think uh, I would like to see more forceful um, advocacy for masks, uh, and, and we're just not seeing it. I also think the, um, the belief that children wearing masks is somehow going to have these devastating psychological impacts on them is vastly overstated. And, and there's a psychiatrist at, at BC Children's Hospital who has dealt with that in detail in terms of trying to dismiss these highlights that there's no evidence Supporting that argument, yet that seems to be underlying our public policy, and um, and that's one of the reasons we're not seeing any masking in schools. But this particular um, variant or version of the flu vaccine has a very very serious effect on children, and so fortunately we're going to get to the Christmas break, and let's hope that that. Uh, reduces the transmission, but um, this is just so heartbreaking to think about this and and how many more kids might be at risk. Exactly. You know, I really feel for the parents, those who have children, it's a very, very stressful time. So I'm sure we're going to continue to be talking about this story now. Charlie, kind of shifting gears here, you wrote a piece on our very dear friend, Gorpsian, obviously super well known here at Spice Radio. And what did you discover in terms of his passion for the arts and representation? Yeah, what I did was on the Vancouver website, I couldn't, we couldn't do Vancouver without doing a story about Gorpsian. Um, Gerp is uh, obviously well-known to listeners of Spice Radio. He was hosting the morning show, and uh, he told me he was actually, when Spice Radio got its license and was launched, he hosted the first show. And he used to work with Naveen Gurn, who uh, went on and worked for Premier John Horgan and 
Gregor Robertson. So it, it's a sign of what Spice Radio, uh, how it's been an incubator for talent. But Gerp has uh, gone on and he created, you know, the South Asian Arts Society, um, the Monsoon Festival he co-founded. He's very much into the arts and arts and culture and helping um, kids of South Asian ancestry reconnect with their culture through arts and uh, Bhangra and, and all sorts of activities, theater. But that festival has also become, uh, like, it does a list of entertainment and has offered a platform for, like, a playwright like Paneet Singh, who's one of the top playwrights in the province, uh, when they did the undocumented trial of William C. Hopkinson in 2018, and then this year did Dujagar. Um, it's a, uh, I can't say enough about the Monsoon Festival in terms of its contribution. But what Gerb said, and, and then there's the other aspect that he's on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, Punjabi edition, and what I thought was fun was to ask him about the links between his love of arts and culture and how he ended up as a broadcaster, a hockey broadcaster. And and so he talked about that and how the arts gave him confidence as a child and as a teenager. And he doesn't think that he'd be where he is today were it not for that. But he also was credited, you know, Shishmaji for giving him a chance and and Spice Radio for playing an important role in his life. It's it's incredible. It's so inspiring. And I feel like even I learned a lot about Gorp that I didn't necessarily know from your piece. So I highly recommend people check out Vancouver to read this wonderful piece. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye.